The following program is sponsored by Lindis Construction. This is the WCCO Home Improvement Show, brought to you by Lindis Construction. One call, one contractor. Lindis Construction provides Minnesota and Wisconsin with the best products and workmanship. They provide leaf guard gutters, asphalt roofing, metal roofing, season guard replacement windows, exterior siding, remodeling, new construction, and more. If you've got questions, they've got answers this hour. Here's Denny Law and Andy Lindis. Yes, indeed. It's a beautiful Saturday. Andy Lindis, good morning. Good morning. You should... Uh, See these beautiful vehicles here, unbelievable. Yes, I've. Uh, I remember last year. Uh, I'm glad though I'm not there this year because I was really close to wanting to go get <laughs> one, and just not that not the right time for that yet. You would have been too tempted, uh-huh. too tempted. All right, but Andy's with us today, and if you have any kind of a home improvement question, by all means, you can call it in, text it in. Uh, as I mentioned last hour, same number applies. If you want to call in your home improvement question, six five one. Nine eight nine nine two two six, and again that same number applies to the text messages you can send to Andy six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Well, I would imagine that your crews are exceptionally busy. We had a little rain the other day, but lots getting done this season, right? Yeah, you know it's been a, been an exciting week. Uh, you know the rain for the most part. We haven't had a whole lot of complete washouts, so we've been able to get a lot done. Our, our lead times are really coming together. But yeah, every one of our crews uh, this time of year, it is uh, we are working and working hard. It's uh, it's pretty rare to see anybody under forty hours this time of, this time of year. Lots of overtime opportunities. So it's been a been a fun week, and we got a lot of really cool projects. We're doing one. I know our, our guys were at your house this week which uh, I think I'll be there on Monday, Denny, and they're going to be doing some trim there. And oh, I, you're uh, coming I'm, over. I am going to come over, yeah. Oh, good. We'll I, I got to see all these things though. turning out. Uh, I, uh, I've been I've been hearing some things from the carpenters and, and talking to Brian, so uh, I, I'm pretty excited to go see that. I'll be on a lot of different job sites next week as well. Uh, we had a really cool roof that we did this uh, this week, and uh, we even had to get uh, our main uh, our roofing guy, uh, Dusty. He runs our entire roofing department out there to really work on some of the details on this roof. Uh, it was a combination of asphalt and metal, and uh, some of the metal was copper that we did uh, in lieu of ridge caps on on some really steep roofs uh, with, with a unique shingle. We should have a blog up on that by about Tuesday of this week. And it should be you should be able to see all of the the pictures on social media by about that time as well. So we've, we've had a lot of fun stuff going on and pretty excited. And it's going to well, be a great week coming up. Well, good. I uh, t- tell me about this copper thing. Now, where where is the copper placed again on that roof? So all of the the like on the corner. So it, it had the, this roof had a unique like tower that came up on it, and in I don't want to. It had the same slope. It had to be like a 14-12 slope. It was almost straight up and down. And on the corners of the tower, so we did this this asphalt shingle on the actual tower itself. And on the corners of the tower, we used copper to just kind of outline the actual shingles. It was it was really unique. And I don't know. I uh, as I as I told Dusty, uh, you know, and, and this comes from a a book I had been recently been reading about. Uh, it's called The Carpenter. And what the difference is between a carpenter and a craftsman in that uh, a craftsman 
actually creates works of art and masterpieces and uh you can really tell the that having dusty on that job was 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 a great thing because the guy he's a craftsman i mean it was unique it's something that not everyone could do and and those are the type of projects that get me really excited, Denny. Those are uh, those are the things that we want to do more of. And I know a couple of the decks we were building this uh, this week were really really unique, and I'm excited. I really am. I'm uh, the projects we have going on right now, and some of the customers that we get to deal with. They they're open and willing to try some unique things. And and in this line of work, when you can do those types of things and, and make it different with just little little changes, it's it's a lot of fun. That's uh, that's the greatest part about. Being a contractor, being in this business, there's so many different types of materials to use and things to try to be different. It uh, it makes it exciting. You know what, what's fun too, and that is the word fun in, in watching uh, some of the workers, whether it be a tile expert or, in in this case, uh, last week uh, watching, um, uh, I think Nick is his name, doing this uh, wood floor. We're having a little more wood floors put in, in the hallway upstairs, and he mm-hmm. he said, "Well, this." We could drop in something like that. I can have somebody drop in one of these thresholds, and and you know, maybe it'll not maybe, but the stain will kind of match. And a little while later, he's still there. He says, "No, I made them myself." You know, he was a perfectionist. Yeah. And you're right. There is a difference between uh, you know somebody who's calls him or herself a carpenter and an artist. And what a difference! Just to see. A true artist at work. It was it was a lot of fun. So yeah, uh, same with the uh, it's, it's a fun part about this job. You yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Uh, to work with guys like that on a daily basis and uh, and ladies like uh, like around here too. It's 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 awesome. It's uh, I'm very grateful. I want to ask you more about this combination asphalt and uh, uh, metal roofing, but I want to invite our listeners to call. Some are texting as we speak. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. That is the text number. That is also our phone number. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Describe for us uh, that uh, scenario about uh, this project uh, you guys are working on with uh, a, a steel roof and asphalt. How does that work? Well, the the steel part of the actual roof, um, there was some copper that we put on like a small bump out on the roof, and then on on the tower above it, we actually used the copper along the top edge and along down the corners. And this is all copper that we we actually had to manufacture here at the shop and bend here at our shop. We have a, a computerized brake that's pretty heavy duty, can bend uh, thicker metals than what most people have access to, and. Uh, I don't know. It's just a, it's a fun project for us. It really was. And more importantly, uh, some of the things that we did on this house is going to lead to less ice dams, better ventilation, and, and things of that nature. So not, not only is it aesthetically pleasing and different in the neighborhood, it's also going to make a big difference uh, on this home this winter. Are there any issues, and I think I've asked you about this a long time ago, as far as metal roofing in various neighborhoods, in various suburbs, various cities. Are there uh, you know any codes or ordinances or any special laws you can or cannot do uh yeah you know certain neighborhoods have 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 covenants um now those covenants seem to have changed over time there was actually some neighborhoods that expect a certain manufacturer's uh siding that we had to use there and and we didn't like using that manufacturer's siding so we didn't we didn't work in those neighborhoods a lot but uh, I know those neighborhoods have changed uh, since then. There's some roofing uh, where you you have to use cedar shakes or 
um, or a, a certain type of shingle. Uh, it depends on the neighborhood. Uh, there's color palettes in some neighborhoods or covenants that you must stay within this certain color palette. Uh, townhome associations have different things. Yeah, we run into that stuff all the time. Uh, but usually with some education and uh, we look at the pros and cons, we can come to some type of solution. No. What I found out over time, Denny, is most of those covenants are pretty flexible if you talk to the right person. Oh, interesting. I had not heard that. Say, a texter wants to know, and I'm not sure about this myself, uh, says our floating wood, engineered wood floor has become faded and scratched over the years. Is there a way to refinish it? Can you refinish some uh, uh, engineered wood floors? I'm not sure. Um, I don't think so. Um, That's the cool part about why I always like hardwood. Yeah, I agree. You know, and that is once you put it in, it's if it does get scratched, it does fade over time, which flooring is going to do. I, you know, mm-hmm. it's just nothing is going to last forever, uh, especially on the floor of a home. But the cool part about like hardwood is you can refinish it, and you can refinish it multiple times. That's right. You can sand it, you can refinish it, and and it, and it always comes back. And sometimes. Not just sometimes. I think most of the time, that second time you refinish it, it, it reveals more character in the wood. I think that, that it has a chance to actually look better. Decks, too. I, I'm telling you, sometimes uh, you put a brand-new cedar deck on and finish it, and then 10 years down the road you sand it and refinish yes. it. That wood <laughs> yes. has more character and looks better. That's, that's the cool part about wood. It's harder to install. It's more expensive than the engineered stuff, but you know, cheap isn't always good uh, right. in our area. And the most expensive project that you're ever going to have to do on a house is the one you have to pay for twice. And, and when you can put something in and know that, hey, worst case scenario, I have to paint it in 20 years. Or worst case scenario, I have to refinish it in 20 years. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good feeling to have. Even though it costs a little bit more up front, it's usually the way to go. And I agree. I think over time, as you refinish something that maybe it was hasn't been touched in years, it gets more soul, as we used to say. Yeah. yeah. All right, Andy, hang on. We're going to take a quick break here. If you have a home improvement question, call it in or text it in. Again, same number, 651-989-9226. Uh, again, same number for the text, too, 651-989-9226. Call it in. Text it in here on our home improvement show. Uh, we're, at least on this end, at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds during the Back to the 50s, 46th Annual Weekend. We'll be right back. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show here on CCO Denny Long Live at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds during this Back to the 50s Weekend, the 46th Annual. Andy Lindis is helping out, us out from his studio. And if you have any kind of a home improvement question, by all means, Send it via text or phone call. Same number, 651-989-9226. Well, Andy, we do have a bunch of callers. Let's see if we can help those good folks out. Sounds good. Rick in Roseville, I believe, is first up here. Rick, you're on with Andy. Oh, thanks for taking my call, guys. Um, I have a major outside renovation I need to do, uh, windows and siding and possibly the roof at the same time. Do you do that all at once, or do you do it in stages, or how does that work? Well, um, my company would be done in in stages because we're going to be talking about three different crews. That's uh, the unique thing about us. Uh, My roofing guys only roof, my window guys only install windows, and my siding guys only install siding. Okay. Um, But uh, for for us, a project like this, we're going to start with the roof. 
Okay. And work our way down the house. Uh, it's going to go roof, windows, and then siding to wrap things up, and then uh, probably the gutters after that. Okay. So it, it's just uh, the the best way to do things. When, when when you're removing a roof, there's always the the possibility that a shingle could you know come down and hit the siding. You don't want to scratch that, and you always want to install the windows before the siding, just to, because all the things that you can do with waterproofing and for air infiltration and and, and water infiltration on the outside of the home, it's just a, it's a much better install. So I think you're going about it the right way, and and if you like, we can definitely come out and, and give you an estimate and uh, show you a bunch of different ways we can we can attack a project like this and and go okay. from there. All right. I just the other question is about how far out would you guesstimate you would be on that? Uh, we'd probably be able to start a project like that. Uh, the roof would probably start in July-ish. If we were, you know, like today, today you were to give the go-ahead, we'd probably be starting the roof uh, sometime in July. Windows possibly the end of July, first part of August, and uh, the siding would come in thereafter. All right, very good, Rick. Yeah, go for it. Absolutely. 651-989-9226. If you have any kind of a home improvement question for Andy, call it in or text it in. Same number. Uh, let's see who has been waiting. Hank, I believe, is there calling from Coon Rapids. Hank, you're on CCO with Andy. Well, thank you for taking my call. I have mm-hmm. a quick question. I have a crack in my interior wall that runs from my ceiling down to the top of my closet. I have packed that thing. I have done the uh, the, cl- the paper. They say feather it out. And, but that crack just keeps reappearing, and I just don't know why it keeps doing that. Do you have any ideas? It happens obviously a lot, some, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. It, 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 you fix a crack in a wall, there's a really good shot. In fact, there's there's a better shot it's going to come back than than if that it's not ever going to come back. I think it happens more often than not. That crack reappears because we're not attacking the reason for the crack. The reason for the crack is there's some type of movement in your house. Now, sometimes that is that can be found and fixed. Other times, it, it can remain a mystery for a while on, on how houses move because where we live. I mean, are we always going to have a winter like we, we had this past winter? Let's let's hope not. And uh, but but I mean, the, the the extreme differences in temperatures and how much movement that we have it can it can have a lot to do with the water table, what's going on with the soil. But uh, I would start with a, a guy like Jesse Treble from SafeBasements.com. He's about as good as it comes when it comes to foundations. In fact, I know a lot of contractors throughout this country. I've never met anybody like Jesse that knows what he knows about foundations and does what he does. So if anybody can figure out something like that, he can. And I would, I would start there before I try to fix that crack again because more than likely it's going to come back. Mm-hmm. I, got one of my, I got one in my house. I does that very thing, but... Uh... We've learned to live with it. It's not a major thing, but you're right. It, it seems to get worse, right? In some cases, it uh, some yeah. cases it will, but some cases it will, some cases it won't. But uh, you know, uh, putting wood on the on the wall instead of uh, drywall that can crack might be might be an option yeah. for you too. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Say, uh, uh, Joe and Jeff, uh, hang on the line there. We're going to get your questions answered uh, after uh, the break. Let's let's do this. Let's take a break, Andy. And uh, remind our listeners, we have another half hour of the show to go. So you callers, stay there. If you want to send Andy a text, if that's easier, the same number as the phone, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. Text number and phone for your home improvement questions for Andy Lindis. 
from Linda's Construction. You want to get a hold of those good folks? 1-800-LEAFGUARD, of course, is that uh, number, easiest number to remember. And good morning. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show. Denny Long here. We're doing our end of it uh, from the uh, Broadcast Center at the Minnesota State Fair. Why are we here? Enjoying all these beautiful vehicles at the 46th annual Back to the 50s weekend. 46th annual. Hard to believe. Uh, Andy Lindis is also uh, with me uh, answering your home improvement questions, either by phone or by text. And we have both, Andy. 651-989-9226. Same number for your uh, text messages. But tell you what, let's go uh, back to the phones. I think Joe in Stillwater is first up here. Joe, thanks for waiting. What is your question for Andy? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Got an older house we bought. It had lots of carpet in there. Pulling it up, there's hardwood floors underneath the carpet, and there's black pet urine stains. How likely are those to come out, and how hard are they to get out? Uh, it would depend on how deep the stains go. Um, sometimes the stains don't come completely out, but I think it's definitely worth at least taking a sander to it to see how deep it goes. And it might be worth uh, you know looking into having a professional come in and, and, and see what they can do as well. But typically... You know, Stillwater, that old of a home, you're not going to get out all of the flaws of the floor. Um, if those, if the, if you're really noticing like an odor, of course, there's things you can do for that. But maybe the coloring isn't going to completely disappear. But I'm telling you, once you you take a sander to that and you refinish it, some of the character, even the pet stains, um, people tend to like those floors more than even even some of the new ones. It's, it's worth trying, anyways with a sander to see how deep it is and, and what you can do to actually refinish it. But sometimes you can really, that goes pretty deeply, doesn't it, in that, mm-hmm. into the wood? Yes. Yeah, but, but sometimes there's things you can do to patch in a hardwood floor, especially if you're going oh, through yeah. a refinishing. That's with true. It. So it might be, you get a professional in, you got some, some, some damaged pieces that just can't get done. You might be able to piece something in there. You're sanding everything, refinishing it anyways. Um, and outside of you know the guy that did it and maybe whoever owns the house, you might no one else will even know that that what's a new board and what's the old board. Now they can match it many times really well. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it stays pretty hidden. All right, Joe. Good luck with uh, that project. Uh, Jeff, meanwhile, is calling from Minneapolis with a question. Jeff, you're on with Andy. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you guys got a great show. So uh, I'm actually calling about my cousin's house in Plymouth. It's, it was built in the '80s. And uh, they got a crawl space that they're worried about uh, humidity. And it's like about, it's a split level. So mm-hmm. the thing's about three feet tall. And it's in the corner of the house. So there's two outside walls. And one of the walls goes into a bathroom down there. And one into kind of like a family room. Mm-hmm. So do you recommend uh, putting a vent in the rim joist? And then does it have to be directly across for through ventilation, like into that family room? Or can you put one vent in? Or what about cold air, like in the winter? Yeah, that's what you're gonna gonna worry about. And um, remember, what's above that crawl space is the floor. And if yeah. you're allowing cold air to come in there, it can it can really make a difference on that floor. And what we have done in the past is we use spray foam on the walls and the the floor and and the actual ground so four surfaces and then run a humidifier a dehumidifier in that area to, to, to try to deal with any of the you know that 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 
that basement humid dank air is not it's not that that musty smell is something that that you can get rid of but we've done a lot of that with crawl spaces we've probably done this i don't know a hundred times and every time it creates a big difference in the house and i've told the story about uh, my customer in minneapolis uh, on that that had the daycare i mean that lady's gotten me more referrals than almost any other customer i ever worked <laughs> with and all i did was spray foam or crawl space but it, it made a big that big of a difference in that addition on that house so it uh it's kind of a cool project and and that's how i would uh, i would attack it I, I like where your head's at you want to get some cross air ventilation but you're also thinking about what can happen in the winter and in the winter it's going to make that floor of that home pretty pretty cool now you can do some cross ventilation and maybe just spray foam the floor and see how that works and, and create a thermal break that way but i've had better luck doing it the other way uh, explain what what uh, linda's does when you go into someone's uh, crawl space and you uh, they want to get that thing foamed is the whole top bottom side foamed what, what's the project yeah all four sides so okay yeah yep you're gonna you're gonna we're gonna get the walls we're gonna get the ceiling uh, the ceiling of the crawl space the floor of the house and then the actual ground itself so and then we're usually going to couple that with uh uh, the, I think the, the model of dehumidification system that we like to use right now is called the Santa Fe. And, uh, you know, it's not a cheap dehumidifier, but the thing works awesome. And it really does, again, it, you're talking about changing people's houses for the better. It's just one of those things that I know when I leave a project like that, I, it's going to make a difference and the customer is going to be happy. I know someone asked me about this, and I failed to ask you about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, related to, to uh, call space. And uh, uh, radon uh, removal, uh, if, if this person, i got to get the timing right here, they have not done anything to the crawl space yet. If they need to have a more active uh, radon system put in, you know, the fan, the piping, and all that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, does, can that, does that always have to be done before it's foamed, before that crawl space is uh, foamed? No, can you not do necessarily. It after? You can't. Not necessarily, Either way. but... Um you're going to go through this project anyways is probably beneficial to to have the right people involved from the get-go and and know about the plan so if, you, if you're looking at it and it was like our company and and, and radon was an issue i would mm-hmm. be having jesse trouble and his team out there yes. as well and yes. working together in tandem to do the best job we we could so you have to kind of look at the the house as a whole and, and that's a, that's the fun part about uh, working with us is we have a lot of partners. If it's not something that we do, like like radon control and yeah. sub pump baskets and foundation repair, we uh, I can get Jesse Treble in my back pocket. We get him on speed dial, get him out there, and and see what we can do to make make things right. That makes sense in in that uh, that do that in that particular order. Yeah, uh, yeah. My, t- go ahead. Well, one of the biggest mistakes I see in, in home improvements is people rushing through projects like it's like it's yeah. a race to finish it, yeah. you know, and, and 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 that's when problems occur. I mean, this is this is your home. It's OK to take some time to to make your decisions and, and, and to line up all your ducks. And, and, and those that wait for what exactly they want typically are much happier in the end. And I've uh, I, you know, I tell the story of uh, when, when storms happen. I, uh, I I typically find a customer that that tells me, yeah, my my neighbor's house uh, got done six weeks ago, and 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 they're still dealing with the contractor, 
And then I come in, you know, two months later with just my, my timeline, and we're in and out in one day, and they never have to talk to me again, never have any problems, never have to deal with it. And sometimes those projects that get done quick, you're dealing with that contractor for another two years trying to get things done the way you want them done. So just take your time and uh, don't rush into things when, when it comes to home improvements, and you're going to be much happier. Absolutely. Texter wants to know, uh, says that my garage floor is crumbling. What can I do? Well, I think if the whole garage floor is crumbling, you crumbling, you what? Jackhammer it out and start all over. I'm not sure. What would you do? Yeah, you know, if uh, if it really truly is uh, crumbling, where it's cracking all the way through and big chunks are coming up, uh, that's typically a. Something went wrong with the mix or something's wrong with the concrete, too much salt on it or, or whatever, and, and it's a jackhammer and bring it out. But if it's just the, the spalding, you know, or it's just some surface stuff that's popping up, that can be fixed. We can, we can get a grinder in there. There's, there's things that you can do on there, and there's epoxy floors that you can put over the top of that to make sure it never happens again. And that's, I think that's one of the cool things about garage. When, when you do that right with uh, the epoxy or what's the it's not epoxy anymore that all of the big guys polyurea i think oh, is what sure. they're using a, a yeah. lot on the floors yeah. um it uh you're going to protect that concrete from the salt and if you really have uh, these questions about it just take some pictures google where the nearest semstone is walk in there and those people will point you in the right direction for sure all right, text. By the way, if you want to send Andy a text, eight, uh, the uh, text number is the same as the uh, phone number, 651-989-9226. Uh, either call in your question or send a text. Like this texter says, what's the best way to get rid of black mold on cedar siding? How would you handle that one, Andy? Well, it depends, on, again, on on how the black mold uh, is on the cedar siding and what you're going to be doing with it afterwards. You know, if, if you look up the, I can't remember what the exact ratio is with bleach, Denny, but is it like 24 to 1? Yeah, 24 not, parts of water yeah, to a one part bleach. It's not real um, heavy duty, yeah. Yeah, it's not real heavy duty. Just a little bit goes a long ways. And sometimes just spray, if it's just surface stuff, it's amazing. You, you, you take that mix and spray it on there and it's not very long before it goes away. It, it kills that stuff pretty quick. It, yeah. uh, mold does not like that. Uh, but, again, if it's deeper into the wood uh, and you're worried about are you going to be refinishing the entire house or, or what's going on there. And, and chances are if it's on the exterior of the home, I'm guessing it's some type of uh, algae or mildew yeah. more than it is black mold. I think um, you're probably right, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's, 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 I don't see a lot of black mold on on the outside of home it's, it's something that looks like it but uh again um cleaning it and and getting it off the surface and then protecting that wood again is is the best way to do it could look like the same thing you see on uh, asphalt shingles when there's algae growing it's yeah. not really mold uh it's it's algae yeah I, I tell you what let's take a break we uh we have more texters uh, to help out here if you want to phone in your question 651-989-9226 again same number the text so we'll pick up on those when we come back, too. It's a uh, back-to-the-50s weekend here at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds. In fact, it's the 46th annual. We'll uh, take this break. Be right back here on News Talk 830 WCCO.
And we are back. Where are we? At the WCCO Broadcast Center at the Minnesota State Fair. No, it's not the State Fair yet. What it is is the 46th Annual Back to the 50s Weekend. We're having a good time here. Andy Lindis is helping you out with your home improvement type of questions, either by phone or by text. And, again, the same number is used for either 651-989-9226. Call it in or text it in. All right, Andy, we have callers in the line. Let's help out uh, those folks before we run out of time. Uh, let's go to St. Bonnie. I think Dick is there with a question. Go ahead, Dick. Uh, earlier there was a question on refinishing an engineered floor. If it's a hardwood, yes. If it's a laminate, no. If it's a true hardwood, the hardwoods, you'll have hardwood all the way down to the tongue. And they claim you can refinish them up to three times. No. Oh. So that's the big difference, of course, if it's laminate, you can't right. at all. Yeah, well, thanks for that clarification. I appreciate that. Yeah, there you go, Andy. That helps. Uh, would that be engineered wood, then, or would that be just a thinner hardwood? I mean, it's just it's just a flow, it's a floating hardwood floor, then, not an engineered wood, correct? Well, they call it, they call it an engineered, and it, you know... Uh, couple of manufacturers i'm sure you've heard of cars uh bowen is another one okay yeah you know they're they're a european product and like i say it's it's a true hardwood to the tongue or the groove uh that's, what's that's under the what's yep. that's but, the key yep. yeah that's the big difference okay and, and all right well that, that can be refinished to three times Lisa. excellent awesome that's good to know all right uh, let's see. Thank you, Nick. Uh, Dick. Uh, Mike is uh, next, I believe, and calling from Cambridge. Mike, what is your question for Andy? You know, you guys were talking about uh, insulating under the floor. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what this, I got this old farmhouse, and it's sitting on boulders. And, but there's no heat underneath the house, and, I mean, your feet get cold. I've yeah. got tons of rugs and carpeting and everything. But I was playing with the idea of, uh, putting concrete all the way around. I ge- already got geothermal, but I was going to put the pecs in and heat the whole floor in the house. And what would the cost be between spraying underneath and putting the pecs down? Oh, boy. Um, I would believe that doing the insulating the floor is going to be less than redoing your entire floor with concrete and putting it in for heat now having said that doing some things along the rim and what you can do there to insulate that house and maybe just spraying along the rim and and putting in the, the you know they make those electric pads that we did at my brother's house uh who who has a floating hardwood floor uh in his basement but uh put that electric padding down or that electrical mat down and and that that was a really easy way to heat the floor and less expensive than, than of course, pouring on, ripping out the floors and putting in the pecs and putting in concrete over the top to make yourself, to have yourself a true heated floor. So, yeah, that's a, that's a unique project for sure. And uh, I think there's some things you can do without heating the floors there that, that can make it a little bit more comfortable. I'm sure of it. Uh, Andy, there's a text I was just reading uh, that and you've, you've talked about this particular issue before as far as, the cold callers, the people that come to your uh, front door and knock. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, here's, uh, let me just read the text, and you can respond to it. Uh, I had someone, <clears throat> excuse me, I had someone knock on my door 
and said, I had hail damage. Texas <laughs> says, I don't remember it hailing, which obviously if it still could have hailed and there could be damage. But what would you do in a case like that? Um, I would get say, another opinion. Oh, thanks. Yeah, get, get another opinion. Uh, and- I don't know, Denny. I'm I'm unique this way. Well, I shouldn't say unique this way. There's there's lots of contractors that don't do door knocking, but typically, if I if I run into a customer that's had an issue with a contractor, there's a good chance this is how the relationship started. Um, when you do your research and you call the people and have them come out to your house and and, and you looking local, typically you're going to have a much better experience. I, I can tell you this. Uh, uh, the month of June, uh, my people are going to be in, let me look at the number, 946 houses. Uh, we were visiting 946 customers. Every one of those people called us and asked us to come out and look at their house. And and, and I just I like that way of doing business. I, I appreciate that way of doing business. It's just not... Not not in me to to go out and knock, and, and and those people typically don't have your your best interest in mind. I'm not saying that you can't good good work and 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 find a contractor that way and have good luck. What I am saying is, if I run into somebody that had bad things happen to them and had had stuff go wrong with the contractor, typically this is how the relationship started. So I, I'd shy away from that. Yeah, I, I, I'm and, with you. We, there's, there's. Look at all these reports. These, these hail chasers and storm chasers throughout throughout our country. I mean, there's companies called like Hail Recon. That's like that's an actual app that that you pull up a map on your phone and, and it shows you where the hail happened and what houses it happened on. And uh, AccuLinks is is another one. There's 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 actual computer software dedicated to helping these guys find where the hail is. Now. 2017 was a very large hailstorm. Lots of people went through this. I mean, it wasn't very hard to find damage, but you know, uh, guys like us and, and 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 good contractors in the cities, we had all we can handle just to to work with our existing customers. It was uh, so we never want hail to happen, and we never look for hail to be the excuse of why we wanted to do work on people's houses. It's uh, it's just not the way we roll, and and it's not what I would uh, want to do business on my house, anyways. Very good. Uh, texter says this. Let's talk a little bit about decks or decking. Uh, question is from the texter. After power washing my deck, how long should I wait to apply a stain? And also, how far ahead of a rain forecast can I apply a semi-transparent stain so it won't be affected by the rain? Well, that, that's a gamble, that last part. But uh, the power washing, how long would you wait to dry out that, uh, that deck, Andy? It depends on how much uh, you know moisture the, the the deck actually absorbed, and and I'm telling you, um, besides power washing it and cleaning it, I would then add a brightener and conditioner. Um, Bear is the one that I always use. It's B E H R, and you can get it at most box stores. But uh, that really does a good job of reopening the pores back up of the wood, so it, it accepts the stain or whatever finish you're going to be putting on there, and. Um, whatever semi-transparent one you're using, we have better luck with the oil-based ones. And you want you don't want it to rain the day that you do it. You want at least a a, a good day for it to absorb and, and finish. And 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 after the brightener conditioner, a good dry day where the, the the wood is going to be dry and can accept the stain. So, you know, uh, if you really want to be safe, we use these these moisture meters. And depending on the species of the wood, and it comes with a chart that tells you what the percentage of moisture content should be in the wood. How do, you use, how do you use it, Andy? Uh, you, you basically just got two little probes. 
you touch the wood, hit the button, and it gives you the percentage of moisture in that wood. So that will tell you for sure if it's ready to accept stain or not. Typically, though, with cedar, you're going to know. If it looks wet, it feels wet, don't put stain on it. If it looks dry, feels dry, you're probably ready. Yeah, we just uh, did. Well, I shouldn't say we. It was, <laughs> it was my wife who did the bright, brightener. I got a full disclosure, as they say. Uh, did the brightener conditioner on that uh, penifin, that deck that we stained, uh, when was it? A couple of years ago. And it uh, looks great. You know, again, with that particular product, you don't have to reapply. I mean, you do reapply. You don't have to, to, to remove it or, you know, strip it at all. So it's, Correct. it's looking pretty good. I'll tell you what, I know what else is looking pretty good is that 50% off labor. Tell us about that before we head out of here. Yeah, 50% off labor on GAF Asphalt Roofing, Season Guard, and Infinity Windows by Marvin, and, of course, Leaf Guard Gutters, and that runs through the end of June here. So all you have to do is call 1-800-LEAFGUARD or find us uh, on the web uh, in multiple places, House, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, of course, lindisconstruction.com. Excellent. Andy, have a great rest of the weekend, and maybe you'll see you at the house next week, huh? Yes, indeed. See you Monday. Okay, thanks very much, Andy. Thanks, Denny. You thank you from Lindis Construction again. Easiest number to remember: one eight hundred Leafguard.